sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome to a Wednesday live on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, channel 159, the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the SportsGrid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. It is game day once again in the NBA Finals. And for the first time of this championship series, we ship up to Boston. Inside TD Garden tonight, the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. Game number three with the series tied at one game apiece. A full-blown breakdown of every angle you need to know for game number three tonight in Beantown. And it begins in this opening hour with our good friend, Joe Ranieri. JR is here not only for some talk about the NBA Finals, but the changing landscape in Major League Baseball as well. Joe, we need that expertise on this Wednesday morning. We are glad to have you here. I uh, I am glad that I can be here because uh, it's getting good in the MLB. I'm hoping the White Sox uh, would roll into a, a you know like maybe a nine, ten, eleven game losing streak, so Larusa would get fired as well, and this way we can get rid of all the old biddies and get some new life and new blood in there. So uh, fingers crossed because it's working wonders for the Phillies right now, Ben. I mean, the White Sox are in second in the American League Central and still booked as a favorite to win the division. A very interesting dynamic there. But first, quickly here, Joe, let's take a look at the line for game number three of the NBA Finals tonight between the Warriors and the Celtics. Again, inside TD Garden, that spread really hasn't moved following game number two. It has stayed at three and a half in favor of the home team tonight in the Boston Celtics. Joe, we have seen a small bit of movement on that over under the total now down to just 212. Mm-hmm. yeah uh I, it's going to be a good one isn't it it's going to be so much fun uh to watch these two teams because there's an interesting divide happening here ben in the betting market uh when you look at the the percentages of the amount of bets the amount of tickets the amount of percentage of money coming in the public has been hammering the warriors uh mm. and it's unbelievable and they're going to continue to do so now especially after uh, they just won uh, game two, and and that's kind of what we're seeing right now tonight, too, as well, is that everyone seems to love the Warriors. But, uh, yeah, no, the uh, the Sharps here, Ben, uh, in the business, uh, yeah, no, uh, they, uh, they're on Boston. I think Boston's a better team. I think Boston is, uh, is the better uh, bet, certainly moving forward in the futures market. And I got to tell you, tonight, I'm worried about any of these games uh, moving up and over to total with Boston, especially in the first half of this game. Plenty more to come from game three of the NBA Finals. But one final point about that over-under, the total is at 212. If it remains at 212, it would be the lowest total we have seen so far for this NBA championship series. And it would be the lowest total of the entirety of this postseason for the Golden State Warriors. All right, now to Major League Baseball. There's a saying that goes the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, there hasn't been any good for the Angels as of late. It's just bad and now ugly. The Angels firing their manager in Joe Madden yesterday amid a 12-game losing streak 
at that time. Joe Madden, who has spent three years in Anaheim, a 477 win percentage, three straight losing seasons, if you include the 27 and 29 mark that Joe Madden and the Angels had entering yesterday. A welcome quickly to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of the morning after live across the grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well. I am Ben Stevens. He is Joe Ranieri. Another Joe. Joe Madden getting the can yesterday from the Los Ooh. Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Joe, amid a 12-game losing skid. That 12-game losing skid after Joe Madden got fired became 13 yesterday as the Angels fall Joe to the Boston Red Sox in extras in 10 innings in Anaheim. The Red Sox have won six straight. They win six to five yesterday. But the Angels now, JR, a 13-game losing skid. That bullpen is just hot trash. I mean, what else can we say about it, Ben? I mean, it's terrible. I really thought they got off to such a nice start in that game last night, and then the wheels began to fall off. I mean, they had a 5-3 lead, uh, you know, heading into the 7th, 8th, and that ninth inning there. And then, of yep. course, the Red Sox come back. They tie it up. And then, voila, they uh, they win it in, uh, in extra innings. They've got some issues. And, oh, yeah, by the way, Trout's. Uh, only had one at bat there last night as he pulls his uh, groin uh, on his way to first base. So uh, it, things just went from bad to worse. But, hey, at least they got that really cool Joe Madden out of the clubhouse. <laughs> yeah, and now Joe Madden looking for a new job if he even wants one. Again, not a lot of good, hardly any good, a lot of bad, and certainly a ton of ugly. Mike Trout let off the game in the home half of that first inning for the Angels with a two-run mm. blast. He hit a home run. Shohei Otani scored mm -hmm. on the two-run home where all things were pointing upward for the Angels, booked as an underdog at home last night. And Crazy. then from there, Mike Trout leaves the game with a groin injury. The Angels have lost 13 straight games. It wasn't all that long ago. On May the 15th, the Angels were a 24-13 and 13 ball club. It seemed like the promise of getting back to the postseason wow. was there for the Halos. They were even 27-17 and 17 before this 13-game skid started. Now they are 27-30 and 30 straight up and trail the Houston Astros in the American League West Division by nine and a half games. Plenty mm. more from Major League Baseball as we go around the diamond. Up next here on the morning after on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Around the diamond we go here, live on a Wednesday morning on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. Alongside Joe Ranieri for a second straight segment, I am Ben Stevens. Joe, this has been the litmus test for the New York Mets, the second best record in all of baseball on this West Coast road trip. A four-game set to begin in Los Angeles against the Dodgers, now two games into their series against the San Diego Padres. The Mets had one three straight entering yesterday booked as an underdog against the Padres and you Darvish but they were shut out not only by you Darvish but the rest 
of San Diego's pen yesterday. 7-0 the final for the Padres over the Mets, snapping that three-game winning streak. The Mets have still won nine of their last 12 games, but it's San Diego now, Joe, who has won four of their last five. So this has been the litmus test, right? As we said for the Mets on the West Coast against two contenders, certainly in the National League in L.A., and now San Diego and both showing, hey, we're going to get some good competitive series between two of the best teams in the National League. Yeah, hey, listen, it was uh, you Darvish. That was the best of you Darvish that we got last night, right? That's the you Darvish that we, you know, we've come to expect. And it's been hit or miss here uh, for much of the uh, of the year, though he's had a couple of really nice uh, outings here. He was striking guys out. I mean, we've looked at the numbers here this year. He's missing less bats. He was striking out less people. And the Mets have been absolutely uh, dominating uh, in just about every statistical offensive category. So kind of thought it was going to be a rough one for you, Darvish, there. But for the second game in a row, the Mets uh, went off as an underdog in this mm -hmm. one. Uh, Walker pitched great. Uh, he gave up uh, four runs in the first two innings. Uh, and then that was it. He did a pretty good job of limiting the damage, but the Mets could mm -hmm. not get anything going, and they lost more than the game, it may be, with uh, both Alonzo and Marte leaving the game with injuries. Yep. So uh, that could be a very costly game for the New York Mets there. And the Mets don't need any more injuries. We know of what they are struggling with in their starting rotation right now, or the absences, I should say, of Scherzer, DeGrom, and even Tyler McGill. After scoring 11 runs on Sunday or on Monday evening, yesterday on a Tuesday, getting blanked in San Diego. But again, the Mets have still won nine of their last 12 games. They have the best record in the NL, 38-20, and 20, straight up. But their lead slightly in the National League East is starting to get diminished. The Atlanta Braves have won six straight games. The Philadelphia Phillies, Joe, have won five straight games. Atlanta, a 3-2 to two win over Oakland yesterday. The Phillies, a 3-2 to two win over the Milwaukee Brewers. Joe, one highlight from the Braves yesterday has been Ronald Acuna Jr. Still responding from that torn ACL that ended his season last year ahead of the All-Star break, but starting to find that groove. Multiple hits in four of his last five games. Yesterday, two for four against the A's. His fifth homer of the year added on two RBIs and two runs scored. A lot of promise for this Atlanta team now riding a six-game win streak. Yeah, and uh, and they did it in a great fashion, too. They had to come back because the uh, the A's got to right rather quickly in that game uh, yep. last night. But it was, uh, I don't think anybody expected it to be a one-run game. A lot of people uh, expected Atlanta to be able to, uh, to win this game and win it rather easily because, let's face it, <laughs> the A's are trash, people. Uh, but they did, uh, you know, they did get a couple of runs uh, early there and, and stuck them uh, to a lead, but it was... You get the kind of feeling that the Braves are starting to get into that rhythm right now, get into that role. They're beating the teams they should be beating right now. There's going to be some tests coming up a little bit later this month with some of the better teams in the National League. We'll see how they do there. But for right now, uh, it's all systems go for Atlanta, inclu including uh, – you know, uh, Jansen in the bullpen, the uh, old yeah. reliable there is uh, is just that, old reliable now for the uh, Atlanta Braves, which is, that's a good sign of things to come, especially with Acuna's hot streak right now. So the Braves, a six-game winning streak. The Phillies now have won five straight games, three to two again yesterday 
against the Milwaukee Brewers. So as we look at the National League East standings, it's the Mets that still have an eight-game lead over the Braves, a ten-and-a-half-game lead over the Phils, but slight bits of movement in this odds board right now. Again, the Mets are still a very hefty favorite, as they should be with an eight-game lead at minus 340. But just last week, Joe, about five days ago, greater than a $4 favorite in the National League East. Atlanta, the second-best price now at plus 350. So you have the Braves on a six-game win streak, the Phillies on a five-game win streak, starting to make a little bit of ground, but it's still the Mets sustaining that cushion in this division. Don't sleep on the Nash. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, so, uh, I, you know, I do think they're, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't sleep on them because they're going to end up losing to the Marlins by 20 again. Uh, yep. No, I, uh, I think that is a division now that um, it seems like everyone has kind of righted the ship here a little bit. The Phillies doing it in dramatic fashion. Atlanta starting to get the ball rolling here. The bullpen that's starting pitching. And I believe, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but Soroka is uh is hopefully uh next month or so uh an opportunity might be for him to be able to come back so all of a sudden that uh that uh, lineup of uh, starting pitching as well as uh relief pitching pretty good for atlanta here i still don't trust philadelphia's uh and the mets just uh, the injuries are piling up so quietly i think the uh, atlanta braves are putting themselves in a position here uh, to uh, to make a run for this, just like they did last year, Ben, probably yep. late uh, in the season come August and September. Atlanta now two games above 500, 29 and 27. And despite the five-game winning streak, the Phils still three games below 500. But you could look at it from the mm -hmm. NL East perspective or maybe the National League Central. The Phillies have won five straight. The Brewers at the top of the NL Central have now lost four straight games still an odds on favorite to win the nl central with a half game lead over the st louis cardinals a 3-2 loss for milwaukee yesterday the cards get walked off on by the tampa bay rays milwaukee has lost six of their last seven still an odds on favorite as i was saying minus 220 mm. in the national league central but the brewers were minus 320 just last week so starting to come back to earth here a little bit and that distinction between milwaukee and st louis not nearly as large as it was just about seven days ago. The Cardinals plus 175. We had said, look at these odds. There's not a lot of sense here to make the Brewers such a staunch favorite when the Cardinals are right on their heels. So from the NL Central, Joe, to the American League East and the best team in baseball, the New York Yankees continue and continue to win baseball games. A seven-game winning streak. The first team in the bigs mm. to 40 wins this year. In a 10-4 victory over the Twins in Minneapolis yesterday. Aaron Judge, Joe, hits his Major League Baseball best 22nd home run. Anthony Rizzo hits a homer, as does Giancarlo Stanton. A Yankees fan delight yesterday to see that 10-4 win. Yeah, there's, uh, they just got to love it, don't you? And, and not to mention that they're blessed with having to take on a team that, I don't know, Ben, call me crazy. Uh, they have owned for, it feels like, the last 28 yeah. or more. Since they've been in existence, the Yankees have uh, figured out ways to dominate and destroy the Minnesota Twins. And it didn't stop uh, last night. Although I'll give the, you know, they, they got the Jamison tie-on pretty well last night and kept the yeah. games Pretty, you know, kept that game pretty close there until the Yankees just absolutely blew it up 
uh, late in the uh, late in that game and then just took off from there. But, you know, good to see Stanton back out there. They're healthier. They're getting production across the board. Rizzo's going young. I mean, it's all uh, all systems go for the New York Yankees, but their schedule then will get tougher next week. They've got a couple against the two series against the Rays. They got the Astros. They, they're going to be tested here next week, but not with the Twins. The AL East is fascinating to look at now. The division we expected to be the most competitive certainly looking like that. The only division in the American League that has two or more teams above 500, four teams right now in the AL East above 500. The Yankees, the odds-on favorite. The Red Sox have won six straight games. NBA Finals Game 3 preview next on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game day once more in the NBA Finals. A series tied at one game all. We head to Boston, Massachusetts. The Celtics now hosting the Warriors tonight inside TD Garden. Welcome back to the morning after. Live on this Wednesday on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159. Across the SportsGrid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Alongside Joe Ranieri now for a third consecutive segment. As we take you through the lines, the numbers, and everything you need to know for the NBA Finals that are back in our lives once more tonight. All right, Joe, let's look at the game spread that we have for game number three. We touched on it earlier. The Celtics now a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. That line really hasn't moved. A slight drop in the total, only the hook taken away, but from 212-and-a-half, now down to just 212 for that over-under. If it stays there, it would be the lowest number we have seen from a total perspective so far in this NBA Finals. Game one, well over. Game two, well under. You look at those numbers, Joe, your overall thoughts for game number three tonight in Boston. So some interesting, um, you know, we talked about it uh, a little bit earlier here about it's so uh, interesting to see the uh, the splits here between the public right. and, and you know how much we love our public here, Ben. But the reality mm -hmm. is uh, when it comes to like the NBA Finals, the Super Bowl, the World, you know, the public does influence a lot more um, than, let's say, the Sharps do. But the, the public loves them some warriors, and we know this. The problem is um, it, that has allowed us uh, to back the Boston Celtics, if you like it, guys, at prices, quite honestly, that are ridiculously uh, cheap. I mean, the series yeah. is minus 105. This game is... What they're saying is a pick'em situation, kind of on a neutral court with the three, three and a half there. I do think the next move is going to be telling here, Ben. Uh, does it go to four? Because it's kind of remained rock solid here at three right. and a half, right? So does that next move come in? Does it go four? Does it go to three? I will say also, though, that this postseason, uh, when we have totals that drop at least a half a point uh, to uh, to the under, yeah, they've gone 33 and 15, 69% to the under. So if it's dropping a half a point like it did from the open, Ben, it's usually been pretty smart money and pretty profitable money 
to follow that move. And it's uh, it's come down here, like you said, from the yep. open. I can't wait to see if it goes from three and a half to four, or does it go from three and a half to three at all? It's a great perspective, Joe, when you look at that total, because as it falls, the Celtics have gone under in 11 of their 20 postseason games. Not a real discernible edge there. The Warriors have played more overs, 11 of 18 over now. And again, the lowest total Golden State would see all postseason long. So some movement there mm. in the total. And Joe, something just happened this morning in terms of that series number for the NBA Finals outright price. Both sides now even. Minus 110 for the Warriors to be your NBA champions. That's the same exact number for the Boston Celtics. Yesterday, following game two as well, minus 115 for the Dubs, minus 105 for the Seas. A small distinction, but still 10 cents more in favor of Golden State. Despite the fact, Joe, that Boston was favored by three and a half points to win game number three at home and take a 2-1 series lead at least outright. If that happens, Joe, tonight, if the Boston Celtics at least win outright, minus 156 mm -hmm. on the money line currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook, what do you think that NBA Finals series price looks like come tomorrow morning? Oh, they will be uh, ever so slightly the uh, the favorite uh, once again. I, I mean, it's kind of hard to believe that we're looking at minus 105, minus 110 here. It, it's basically yep. a pick em game because it's a pick em series. Um, I think there are a number of professional bettors that disagree and are laughing right now with the ability to get uh, the Boston Celtics, who across the board, uh, a lot of people believe are the better team, certainly uh, metrically. They are a better team uh, when you look at the numbers and the matchups is interesting. I think it's a wash with the coaching. Um, and I do think that uh, this is going to be a fun battle. Six or seven games is what we said uh, the whole time. But if Boston yep. wins tonight, but you're not going to get minus 110 with the Celtics on this series. So if you haven't done it, if you've sat on the sidelines, you don't have a team in this fight. Um, now would be the time if you're leaning towards the Celtics to hop on them because a win here tonight is uh, that those numbers are going to change. And don't forget, they haven't lost back-to-back -back games since January. So they're Correct. a three-and-a-half-point favorite because they should be. We've also told you, right, we told you last week, Ben, that there's no point in worrying about um, the spread or it coming into play because in these situations, the outright winner wins the spread doesn't yep. come into it they cover it doesn't matter so uh the celtics right now if it ain't broke don't fix it here tonight guys but grab that future price it won't be around if they win tonight and win convincingly ben it's a great point that joe makes right there first in terms of that outright number when you correlate game number three to the series price if you want to back the favorites in the Boston Celtics, lay the three and a half. You shouldn't be scared by that spread. The Celtics have played 12 straight games where the winner of said basketball game has also covered the number in this postseason. It's a similar trend for the Warriors who have played eight straight games where the winner has also covered the number. So if you want to back the Dubs, play it on the money line as the underdog. If you yep. want to back the Seas, lay the three and a half. So when you look at that outright number for the series finals price... If the Celtics win, they're going to be a greater than a dollar and a half favorite come tomorrow morning, in my opinion. Yep. And one big thing should be noted here. Boston, as a favorite this postseason, seven and four straight up, six and five against the number. The Warriors on the road, just three and four straight up, 
two and five against the spread. The Warriors need to win a road game. Boston now, as of this moment, holds home court advantage when you play three of the potentially final five games inside TD Garden. A big, big distinction for that series price now moving slightly in favor of the mm-hmm. season. Again, it's minus 110 on both teams, which is interesting, Joe, when you correlate that market to the NBA Finals MVP market. Steph Curry, rightfully so, Ooh. is the favorite at minus 115. As of 12 hours ago, that was the exact same price for the Golden State Warriors to hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy. But when you look at the rest of the value on this board, four of the five best prices, all members of the Boston Celtics. Where do you think the value lies, Joe, in the NBA Finals MVP market? Well, um, it's a long shot, but it's completely feasible and realistic. And that is Clay Thompson. Uh, Mm. Clay Thompson here, guys. um, The reality is he is a weapon that has not been harnessed yet in two games in this series, right? We've seen up and downs from the role players with Horford and White. And we obviously know sustaining the kind of uh, production they had in game one was not easy in game two. Everything kind of switched. It's Clay Thompson who has been less than stellar from what we're anticipating he could do. And I got news for you. If Clay yep. finds his rhythm, which I think they're go- he's going to here tonight because they are going to get him a ton of easy looks, uh, he is a guy capable of taking over this series and making it impossible for the Celtics uh, to, uh, to win it. I'll just tell you that right now. With Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, if he can find his rhythm, um, they become that more a much more difficult here. So uh, Clay could be responsible for you know two or three games uh, that he wins by himself here. If that happens at that price, yeah, I, I got Clay. I mean, why not a couple of bucks, some pizza money on Clay Thompson to win the MVP? Hold on to your hat. Could be an interesting ride. I will just say one thing from a Boston perspective here. Right now, pretty even as we just showed you on that series price. But if Boston wins tonight, they'll be a pretty substantial favorite, at least by the odds we have seen so far Mm -hmm. in this NBA Finals Series price. And if Jason Tatum is a reason for a Celtics win in game number three tonight, that plus 140 of value you see on Tatum in the NBA Finals MVP market will not be there tomorrow. But Joe, you are a pro's pro through and through. Your conversation about Klay Thompson leads us in to the supporting staff around Steph tonight because we have seen so far throughout the first two games of this NBA final Steph Curry lead all scores in both game one with 34 and his 29 in game number two so if not Steph who you think that's Clay Thompson mm-hmm. and I may be going over 18 and a half for his points prop I do I as Steve Kerr said it uh this week in his uh, press conference the other day he talked about uh, because it's a topic of conversation. Everyone's talking about it. Clay's talking about it. Uh, Kerr's talking about it. Kerr, everyone's asking him what's going on with Clay Thompson. Well, a guy with that much kind of uh, ability, that kind of ability who is yet to tap it and not get into that rhythm we know he's capable of is a very dangerous weapon for Golden State. They're going to go out of their way tonight to try and get him into some mismatches and to have, they want him to shoot his way out of it here, Ben. Those start yep. to, to, to fall early. He could have 20 by the half. Um, they're going to go out of their way to get him into some sort of rhythm here. It may not work, but I think it's certainly worth looking at the over here tonight because it's a priority for the Golden State Warriors. 
15 points for Clay in game number one, only 11 in game two. Under this number of 18 and a half in five of the last seven for the Dubs. But Joe's not wrong here in looking at what they will do because we know Steph has led the way. Now back in Boston, Ime Udoka may be making those defensive adjustments. Maybe you look at Klay Thompson or Andrew Wiggins to go mm -hmm. over 15 and a half points. He's done that in 10 yep. of the last 13. Or maybe you find that plus money, like JR mentioned, and Klay Thompson to score a 30-piece tonight at plus 900 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Bask in that plus money, Joe Ranieri, as I know you will do. JR, thank you for everything, mm -hmm. as always, on this Wednesday morning, on the morning after. Major League Baseball to the NBA Finals. Joe can do it all. We continue our preview of Game 3 up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ship it up to Boston. That's what we do right now as we preview game number three of the NBA Finals between the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics inside TD Garden tonight. Welcome back to the morning after live on this Wednesday on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. I'm here in our Midtown Manhattan studios in New York City. But we go live to Boston, Massachusetts right now and our good pal. George Belecci of Nesson to get us ready for every angle of game number three tonight. Georgie, it is great to have you back on the show. And in these moments, championship moments, we need your expertise. Ben, no better place to join you, brother. I mean, the biggest game three since, of course, you go to 2010, but really 2008. And this is, it continues a legacy of what Jason Tatum is, what Jalen Brown can be, what this Celtics team is capable of. I think it's not the champion of champions in the Warriors. So it's palpable. It's tense in this city right now. The excitement is there. And, hey, to split 1-1 through two games and come back to TD Garden and now home court advantage through the last five games of the finals belongs to the Celtics, let's bring it on, baby. Georgia, you lead me very well into my first question. The Seas took game number one on the road in San Francisco just last week, now holding that home court advantage as we get ready to go in Boston tonight for game number three and a three-and-a-half-point spread in favor of that home team, the Seas inside TD Garden tonight. How important now is that home court advantage back in Boston? I mean, it's pivotal because, A, not only are the Celtics resilient, and you see Las Vegas respecting that because the – Warriors money line are plus money and the Celtics have those three and a half points on their side when they're playing at home. But it shows that they need to get home because they need the role players to play better because what you had in game one was Marcus Smart, Derek White and Al Horford all scoring 18 or more points. Of course, Al Horford with his 26 shooting six for eight from three, having a career, absolute career game. And then those three combining for just 16 in game two, we saw three starters score just two points. You saw Peyton Pritchard fizzle out and not have the offensive game he wanted to. Credit halfway to the Warriors' defense, but also credit when you get back at home, the role players will shine. They'll play better. Put in Grant Williams as well because they need his corner threes. They need to stretch out the basket because the Warriors and Celtics both went 15 for 37 from three. So they went bar for bar in game two from deep. But inside, the Celtics shot abysmally. 
Jason Tatum wanted nothing to do with attacking the basket, though he did shoot really well from three. So mm-hmm. you come back at home, you get those role players playing better, you get them to bounce back, you get Derek White to go back to his game one performance instead of game two where he needed 13 shots to get to 12 points, you get him more efficient. At the same time, you need Marcus Smart to play better. So there's the home court. There's a familiarity. There's playing two games at the Garden back-to-back. The one thing that gets me, Ben, though, and I said this with you before the series, we saw at the end of game two, Robert Williams and that knee that's recovering from meniscus surgery getting banged up. But what it does now, you went from three days off between the series, two days off in between every game, to now one day off between game three tonight and game four on Friday. They'll go back to the normal rest as they switch locations in San Francisco. But with Robert Williams hurt, with Jason Tatum, as we saw, catering, you know, tendering to that right shoulder, his shooting shoulder, which is an impingement. So basically what that is, is I'll get my doctor hat on, his rotator cuff and the bone on top of his shoulder that allows the rotator cuff to glide freely. As you can tell, not a doctor. It's just not doing its job. So anytime he raises his arm above his shoulder, that stuff is rubbing, it's hurting. And we're seeing him affect his game. Still, he shot lights out. He got the 28 points in game two. The bounce back from his abysmal scoring in game one. But you see what the home court can do. So it does a familiarity of the stars and also for the role players to get back into their comfort zone. George, you've been around the Celtics all week. You've heard their press conferences getting ready for game number three in Boston tonight. Is that the sense you get from the Celtics, the biggest adjustment following game two, a bigger role for those role players, or is there another area the Celtics are looking? No, it's going to be Jason Tatum has to eat. He has to go out and be a mother effing dog. He has to have that level up game, and he has to do it now. And what it is, see him rolling into the arena with the Kobe stuff on, the Michael Jordan stuff on. Hey, when he that, that picture of him practicing in the Kobe draft workout gear, loved it. He didn't tweet it out. He didn't do nothing about it. Someone else found it, right? But when it comes to him doing that, you're making the game bigger. And you're kind of saying, look at me as he rolls in. Players, fashion, big thing, right? Respect it. But when you're putting that, you're putting that spotlight on. And we've seen Ime Udoka. If you go back to game two, there were times where there would be turnovers, which really ruined the Celtics' day. 18 turnovers, leading to 33 Warriors points. Ime saying to Tatum as he goes up the court, keep going, keep pushing, keep fighting, keep going after it, keep attacking. And that's what he has to do. He got to 28 points, but it really was around the three-point line. He didn't love anything inside. And that's where I think the shoulder comes back into him. But he has to attack. You have to be smarter with the ball. What the Warriors did defensively was meet them literally beyond the three-point arc. Meet Al Horford at the point of attack the second he catches the ball. Have Gary Payton the second meet Jalen Brown outside. And D up Jason Tatum, too, with absolutely no problem. That sped up the offense, and that's what caused these turnovers. So it's taking care of the ball, and is Jason Tatum level up? Because when he plays well, everyone plays better around him because he'll get the scoring started. And as you saw in game one, he has no problem passing. 13 assists. I always say, you know, if you get him around four and a half, five and a half assists, take the over there. That's where he's at right now. But, of course, he hit the under in that in game two. So he needs to get the scoring started. Just be smart with the ball because him and Marcus Smart had nine of the Celtics' 18 turnovers. So, you know, you dwindle that back, you dial that back. That'll be more dimes for Jason Tatum. That's more buckets for the Celtics overall. And we love those match bets the FanDuel Sportsbook provides. Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown tonight, minus 230 for Tatum to be the leading scorer out of that duo. 27.5 is his points prop, 23.5 the number for Jalen Brown entering game number three in Boston tonight. In Boston right now, Nesson's George Belecci, who joins us here breaking down the NBA Finals. And Georgie, briefly, 
you mentioned Robert Williams. In game number two, only 14 minutes on the floor, just two points, two boards. He didn't necessarily look all that healthy, and he's been dealing with some issues throughout this postseason. Where do you think the man they call the Time Lord's health is right now for the Celtics? I mean, I would say entering the series, he got the three days of rest, more rehab, more, you know, time of the training staff. I would say it was at 80%, and I think it's below that now for sure. And given, you say the 14 minutes, you got to put, you know, a little asterisk next to that because the game was over with 10 minutes left in the fourth. So Ime pulled all his starters. That's when we saw the Nick Stauskas minutes kick in. But regardless, in that game, he was not Robert Williams. You know, game one, we saw him finishing lobs. We shot, we saw him blocking shots at the rim. We saw him finishing on rebounds. Game two, it wasn't there. So I would say it's, I mean, suboptimal. It's not where you want it to be. I would say it's mm -hmm. even below 75, 70%. But this is a guy where he's had the injury history. So when he got the bag before the season, that was a question for a lot of people. It's the finals. The Celtics haven't been there in 12 years. They might not be back for another 12 years. So he's going to play. It's just a matter of how smart Robert Williams plays when it comes to defensive rotations and how aggressive and how athletic he can be and how well he can move out there. So, George, when you look at it from the other side of the basketball for the Celtics, Steph Curry so far in the opening two games of this NBA Finals by the Bay, 34 points in game one, 29 points in game number two, the leading scorer of all scores in both of those first two games. What is the defensive game plan now for Boston back inside TD Garden? Is it trying to limit Steph? Or is it trying to take away some of that supporting staff while Steph gets his? Well, I see that what Steph did brilliantly in game two is actually kind of let the game come to him. You know, in game one, six for eight from three, 21 points in the first. To me, when we're watching that, we're saying this is a Steph moment. Enjoy it. Love it. Right. But in a way, the reason it's bad for the Warriors is because then they start his surrounding guys start watching which, I mean, mm -hmm. given best shooter of all time, watch him, get him the ball. But it doesn't let them get into their, you know, offensive game. Well, game two did. He kind of let the game come to him. The defense gave to him. He dropped 29 points total, 15 points on 12 shots in the first half. But it was the third quarter, Ben. It was the pick and roll they ran six times in the third quarter to give him 14 points. And that's when they outscored the Warriors by 21 and wrapped the game up. So when it came to, A, hunting those mismatches because we saw – him getting cushions. And you talked about Robert Williams, less minutes for Robert Williams means more minutes for Daniel Tice. And when they keep dropping into his zone and not getting in his face, not going over on pick and rolls, that's what's going to leave him open. So there has to be the aggressor. What you have to see from Marcus Smart is, I mean, he has to face guard Steph, fly paper him, and it has, has to be you match him minute for minute. And in a way, you don't leave him. You know, same thing with Jalen Brown, I think, on Clay Thompson. And then with Jason Tatum with his size, Obviously, that's when they're hunting for switches or maybe they do pre-switches. That can work out as well. But then at the same time, there's the Andrew Wiggins out there. There's Jordan Poole's. We'll see if his shot actually really translates to being effective because it was kind of – he had the big shots at the end of the third, but that's when the game's out of hand. How do you play when it's tight, right? So I think when it comes to Steph, they got to stay the aggressor on him. They give him an inch, but at the same time, don't let the guys around him beat him. That's what makes him so tough because he's a great passer. The offense plays through him. And what is brilliant with Steph is 34 in game one – 29 in game two it was like a quiet 29 if anything because he didn't realize what he did in the third but everyone else around him was playing well and hey i mean it was the odds on favorite and jason tatum was second but it just goes to show you know we love storylines but also the ability of steph with that average what he's doing what he's doing through these finals that's yeah. why the guy is likely to win finals mvp when the warriors if the warriors win
and he's the only player from Golden State right now in the five best odds that we see for the NBA Finals MVP. A championship series tied at one game apiece. The Boston Celtics in game number three tonight at home, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And even Juice Georgie on those two sides for the NBA Finals outright price at minus 110 for Golden State, minus 110 for Boston. As we look at the series' correct score, the third most likely outcome is for the Warriors to win this series in six games. That's plus 460. That was your prediction on this very program before the NBA Finals got underway. Are you still confident in Warriors in six? Yeah, I am. They split. The Warriors bounced back. Their defense got better. They're getting healthier. What you saw in game one was Otto Porter Jr. playing his first action since getting lost, hurt in the playoffs. Andre Iguodala entering the rotation again since getting injured in the regular season. Defensive rotations were late. They were stagnant on offense. They weren't moving around a lot. It goes back to what Steph Curry did. What did Draymond Green do? From the very first play, meet Al Horford, force a tie-up, and they bring the aggression. It's getting in the guys' heads. And at the same time, I'm, I'm going to keep bringing it up because I think health is such a big factor. It's been all playoff long. It's why I like the Celtics over the Bucks, right? It's why I love the Celtics over the Heat. But Jason Tatum in that shoulder, he's 4 for 22 on two-point field goals in through two games, 18% yeah. inside the arc. Three shots around the rim. Just three shots around the rim so far. He's getting to the free throw line, but... He doesn't want the collision. He doesn't want the contact around the rim, and that's affecting his game now. So I think when your best player is playing to his capability like Steph is, and you compare that to what Jason Tatum is doing, yes, he had the great shooting night of game two, but the team around him wasn't playing well. That's why I still love the Warriors in this. And for Steph, he's still 50% from threes in this series. You take out half-court buzzer beater, heave. You take out some uh, a miss in the corner, and it's all his other threes are 50%. So the way this guy has been shooting his last seven games of the playoff, the way that he's shooting now, that's why I still love the Warriors. And I love what their defense has done. I give enough credit, and I can't say enough for Gary Payton. Undrafted in 2016, mm. bounced around Bucks, Lakers, Wizards in the G League, the D League, Rio Grande Valley, Vipers. He went to Juco before he got to Oregon State. He's a Juco product. He's a Juco dog. And this dude is guarding Jalen Brown, who came into the league the same year as him, no problem. Gary yeah. Payton into the fold with his 25 minutes really might shift this series combined with the scoring. I love it there. George told me yesterday he wanted to make sure he mentioned Gary Payton a second. There you go, the mitten. If you're watching today, I hope you enjoy. George Bilecci of Nesson, thank you for the brilliant Boston breakdown. We round out our number one up next on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We round out our number one of the morning after live here on this Wednesday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. The home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. A lot to get to when it comes to the NBA Finals in game number three tonight. It's game day once again inside TD Garden in Boston for the first time 
of this NBA championship series. How will that offense look now as we switch cities, as we go from San Francisco to Boston, Massachusetts? Steph Curry, the leading scorer in each of the first two games of this NBA championship, 34 in game one, 29 in game two. But can we expect a big night in front of the home crowd for the Jays? Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Let's find out what you, that being the public, thinks about this right now and fade the public. Who will be tonight's leading scorer in game three of the NBA Finals? We'll run through the options and then we'll run through the points props to correlate how the public feels. Our poll at SportsGrid TV on Twitter listed four players, Steph Curry, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, or Klay Thompson. Will one of those four be the leading scorer of game number three tonight inside TD Garden? The public saying... It's going to be Steph Curry. Nearly 45% of the public saying Steph will lead all scorers for a third consecutive game in the NBA Finals. Jason Tatum right behind at 30%. It makes sense. Steph has the highest points prop of tonight, 28 and a half, a number he has gone over in two straight games here in the NBA Finals and four of the last seven for the Warriors. Jason Tatum's points prop, 27 and a half. Jalen Brown, 23 and a half. And Klay Thompson, who you saw there, 18 and a half as well for his points prop clay under that number in five of the last seven both of the nba finals but it's plus 900 for clay to score 30 points tonight it's plus 112 for steph it's plus 128 for jason tatum i think jason tatum has himself a ball game in game number three in boston between the warriors and the celtics our number two of the morning after is up next right here on sports Group. 